Hi, this is Deborah Cohen. <laughs> Trying to get my technology to work today. I think I've got it working this time. So we're going to learn today about Adon Olam, a little bit of the history, and hear a couple of versions of this beautiful, beautiful hymn. So I'll be right back right after this intro. Deborah Cohen, and I'm broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, a proud member of the Ahavath Achim Synagogue. So thank you for listening. No matter what your faith or belief is, you're still welcome to be in the chat room. Just be polite and respect other people's opinions. If, even if they don't think like you, that's a good thing, isn't it? <laughs> We all want to be unique. So let's get on with the broadcast here. And I would like to share a little bit about Adon Olam because it's really touched my heart in a lot of ways lately, this particular song. The Tefillah of Adon Olam has been given much prominence. It was placed at the start of our daily Shakrit Tefillah. It is recited by many nightly before going to bed. And we begin our Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur Tefilos in the morning using a special nusach for this inspiring tefillah. In effect, we start and end our day with Adon Olam every day of the year and give it even more attention on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Interestingly, the exact origin of Adon Olam is not clearly known. It was either formulated by the Geonim, who preceded the Rishonim, or by Harav Shlomo ibn Gabirol, who lived at the end of the Geonic period at the start of the Rish Rishonim period. And it sounds like I need to learn more about that part of history. <laughs> One of the things about Judaism is it never is boring because there's so much to explore. The Matei Moshe writes in the name of Rabbi Yehuda Hechesed, Rav Hai Gaon and Rav Sharira Gaon, that anyone who concentrates at the beginning of Adon Olam is guaranteed that his or her tefillah will be accepted. And that's according to the Pathway to Prayer by Harav Meyer Birnbaum. Quote, when the Malach Michael hears this tefillah, writes Rav Yaakov Rechach, he brings it before Hashem. And that is an excerpt from the book Arise and Sing by Rabbi Yisrael Besser in the Art Scroll. So what is it about this tefillah that makes it so outstanding and significant? Harav Pinchas of Polotsk authored a commentary on the Sidur titled Magid Tzedek. 
he brought it to the Vilna Gaon for a hashkaman. The Gaon opened it and read just one thought. But he was so impressed by it that he immediately gave his approbation, saying that the entire commentary was worth it, if only for the single explanation. What was the insight that so expressed the Gra? Rav Pinchas suggested that we begin Tefillah Shachris with the Tefillah of Adon Olam because Shachris was instituted by Avraham Avinu, who was the first to call Hashem Adon, which means master, and that is from the Bracho 7b. The question that we will, Bizrat Hashem, address in this segment is, what was the novelty of Avraham Avinu calling Hashem Adon? What did he discover that those before him, like Mesushalach, like Noach, like Shem, they did not know? Even though it is nice to connect Adon Olam to Shakri through Avraham Avinu, what is so earth-shattering about this connection and what it truly means that it warrants all the prominence and all that has been quoted about this powerful tefillah, and that caused the Vilna Gaon to be so impressed. Harav Shimon Schwab in Rav Schwab on Prayer, found in Art Scroll, answers these questions with a beautiful and crucially important message, which Adon Olam conveys to us, and of which we must remind ourselves daily at the start and end of our day. So what is that message? See if you can focus more on Adon Olam this coming week and contemplate what message you feel this powerful tefillah delivers to you each day and evening if you say it at night. Then come back after this video that I'm going to play with you and we'll discuss the topic more. So one of my favorite versions of Adon Olam is sung by a Jewish man named Joshua Nelson. Now, his style resonates with me as a former secular spirit in the world of the 60s when I first discovered Bonnie Raitt. And if anybody knows the blues, I'm sure that Bonnie Raitt has come across your discography. But we're not talking about secular music. I'm just saying what we allow to come into our being be, is influencing our taste, in this, in this case, to music. So I really have a passion for blues music, not the words that usually accompany them because blues is kind of sorrowful, of which I've walked that path which is probably why at one point in my life it really resonated with me as a comfort to know when I heard the blues, I was not the only one suffering. But Joshua Nelson has taken this version of Adon Olam and turned it into a soulful, he calls it kosher kind of blues. So I'd like you to hear it, and I might sing along with him if I can find my sidur. Adon Olam, I happen to have it handy here, and uh, try to suspend your judgment if it's not your genre of music, and listen to the words, Adon Olam.
goodness, oh, Adon Olam, the song of praise. So let us continue 
by thinking about these words, its origin, and what makes the words so great, even today in 2023. We ended with the questions before this video, what was the novelty of Avraham Avinu being the first one to call Hashem Adon? Even though it is nice to connect Adon Olam to Shakri through Avraham Avinu, what is so earth-shattering about this connection? What it truly means that warrants all the prominence and all that has been quoted about this powerful Tehillah. In order to provide the full power of what Harav Shimon Schwab writes about, this Tehillah and about how it expresses the most basic concepts of our Tehillahs, we share with permission of the copyright holder's art scroll, a longer than usual excerpt from Rav Schwab on prayer. The world had to wait until Avraham Avinu discovered that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be addressed as Adonai. What did he discover that none of his illustrious ancestors, namely Mesushalach, Noach, or Shem, knew? To understand this, we must analyze the true meaning of the word Adon, or should I say the name Adon, which means master. A master has a personal relationship with his servant. Whenever the servant performs his duties, he is directly serving his master. By way of contrast, a melech, which is a king, has only a very general relationship with his subjects because he has an entire nation to govern, and very few people know him personally. We refer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as Melech HaOlam and all of our brachos, and a bracha is not complete without this reference. However, we preface this appellation with Baruch Arnai, meaning that we recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu as our master, before referring to him as the king of the universe. So, when addressing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we recognize first that he is my personal master, with whom I have a personal relationship. He knows me. That is enough to get excited about. He knows me. He knows you. Then we acknowledge that my master is the king of the universe. So, while the earlier great Sadiqim recognized Hashem as Melech HaOlam, the universal king, it was only Avraham Avinu who recognized that a dawn of the world is really Adonai, each individual's personal master. He taught that while HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the Melech HaOlam, nevertheless he is aware of each individual akin to the relationship of a servant to his master, and thus each individual has a personal relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Can I get an amen? This personal relationship of HaKadosh Baruch Hu with his creatures applies not only to human beings, but also to the universe as a whole. We are aware that there are billions of stars and billions of galaxies in the cosmos, yet HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a personal relationship with each one of them, and he has a purpose for each one of them. This is the meaning of the words we repeat daily in Pisuke de Zimra. Quote, he counts the numbers of the stars. To all of them he assigns names 
end quote from Psalm 147.4. To him, all these billions of heavenly bodies are just a mispar, a small number, because he has a personal relationship with each one of them. To all of them, he assigns names, means each one has a purpose. So when a person stands before Hashem and Tefillah, he should know that while HaKadosh Baruch Hu is truly the Melech HaOlam, the King of the Universe, he nevertheless, or she, has a personal relationship with each individual. He is Adonai, my master and yours. I heard a story from Rav Yosef Brewer, which he told about his father, my Rebbe, Rav Shlomo Zalman, Solomon Brewer. The elder Rav Brewer was a very good friend of Rav Shimon Sofer, the Rav of Krakow, a brother of Ksav Sofer, and a son of the Chassam Sofer. Once, when the two friends met, Rav Shimon Sofer asked Rav Brewer to tell him a short vort from his father-in-law, Rav Samson R. Hirsch, upon which Rav Brewer told him that Rav Hirsch would point out that while Adon Olam describes the unfathomable eternity and omnipotence of Hashem, it nevertheless makes reference to him in a very personal way. Vehu Eli, he is my God. Each person in his tefillah says, I have a personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He is my personal God. Therefore, whenever a person says the word Adonai, my master, no matter how small he thinks he is, he is in direct contact with God. This thought is the introduction to any individual's ayun tefillah, concentration on prayer. There is nothing mystical or supernatural about it. It should be the most natural thing in the world. Someone once asked me how one davens with kavanah, intent. For one simply cannot concentrate for so long, with all the distractions especially of today. I advise him to simply start by saying, Baruch Ata Adonai, and to concentrate on its meaning. He should continue with this thought every time these words occur. If a person practices this often enough, his or her kavanah will eventually flow over to the rest of the tefillot. We can now understand why our days start and end with Adon Olam, which expresses the most basic concept of our tefillos, that no matter how insignificant we may be, no matter how full of shortcomings we are, we still have the right to approach HaKadosh Baruch Hu directly. The Adon of all creation is Eli, my personal God. We will fall asleep each night with the words, I entrust my spirit into his hand when I go to sleep and when I am awake. Despite the fact that we live in a dangerous world and do not know the next minute what it may bring, nevertheless, when we are about to drift off to sleep, we entrust our lives to Hashem's hands. To quote a prosaic commercial slogan, relax and leaving the driving to us, so, too, we should also have this feeling that we are in good hands and place our complete trust in our personal Adon. Therefore, we close our eyes at night. Hashem is with me. I shall not fear. If Ayun Tefillah teaches nothing but what to think when we say Baruch Ata Adonai 
and to say it with meaning, the ensuing tefillah will result in, these are the precepts whose fruits a person enjoys in this world, but whose principle remains intact for him in the world to come. And so I sing Adon Olam with influence of Joshua Nelson, who you just heard. <laughs> In my own way, each one of us has a personal relationship with Hashem. No matter where we've been, He continues to draw us near to Him, so that B'Tselem Elohim, from glory to glory, we are transformed into His image. So give people room to grow, each one of us, and then collectively as a soul of Hashem. And don't judge a person where they've been. In my case, if my music has a touch of the blues, don't say it doesn't fit in, into your um, expectation of who I should be, maybe like you. But let us be groomed by our rabbis and give us each the space to praise the Holy One, Baruch Hu. So I share this video of my very first opportunity at Ahavathachim to lead in prayer Pisuke de Zimra and Shakri with Marcy Drelak. Thank you, Marcy. And you'll see uh, singing with me is Allison Goldman and Mindy Margolis. I know it took great courage to sing this with me in the shul because it's a genre of music that has not been heard in the synagogue before. And some people that don't understand or really know my heart may label me as something from my past, but I want to tell you that I am a Jew through and through whose Judaism touches my heart because I have a personal relationship with Hashem, and He loves me, and He loves you. So... May you be blessed in the hearing of this song, Adon Olam, at my synagogue yesterday for our sisterhood Shabbat. It is a pleasure to invite up Deborah Cohen, Allison Goldman, and Mindy Margolis to lead us in Adon Olam 187. This song of praise gives us a sense of security as we begin each day. It emphasizes that the Creator is timeless infinite and omnipotent. It was Abraham that gave the title Adon to the Creator and proclaimed that our relationship with the source of the entire universe can be personal. This is the most apparent in the closing verse of this hymn, Hashem is with me, we shall not fear. So we're going to do a little different rendition. The first five verses that we sing are response, call and response, and then join me and us together. And at the end of each stanza, we will say, Adon Olam. So let us practice. Adon Olam, Adon Olam, Hashem Alach, Hashem Alach, Beterem Kol, Beterem Kol, Yetzir Nivrak, Yetzir Nivrak, Le'eda Asa, Le'eda Asa, 
Our God and God of our ancestors, continue to strengthen us, continue to give us courage as we've seen today. That the people within our community, the women of sisterhood, how they inspire, how they strengthen, how they lead us with courage. And as with Miriam, they lead us in song and in joy. Amen. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everybody. Okay, so that is all for God's glory. To sing praises with joy in your heart. And it takes a lot of courage when you're trying to sing a genre from your heart that is not usual and customary in your place of prayer. But I thank God for the opportunity to be able to share my joy with 
his people who are my people. So in closing, I'd like to share an excerpt from a teaching from one of my favorite teachers in Jerusalem, Diane Bloomfield, on this particular parsha, Yitro. And uh, thank you very much for listening. May there be something in this teaching that really touches your heart. In the Midrash, Hashem is my strength and my stronghold and my refuge in a day of trouble. To you nations shall come from the ends of the earth and say, Our fathers inherited utter delusions, things that are futile and worthless at the time of Jeremiah. Because receiving the Torah is like the tikkun of all that is created. And this is a teaching from Safat Emmet as taught by Diane Bloomfield. Even though it is in particular only for the children of Israel, in any case, this is the way to do tikkun on all. As it is written, God gave his people strength. God will bless his people with shalom, from Psalm 29:11. That is why the children of Israel are called Shulamit, from the Song of Songs, chapter 7, verse 1. As it is written in the Midrash, they make shalom between me and between my world. What this means is that the children of Israel bring the lower worlds closer to the upper root through Torah, the lower worlds meaning this physical world we live in. And it is written, Shalom, Shalom to the far and to the close, from Isaiah 57, 19. That means that also the far ones belong to the Shlemut, when he, when he knows and recognizes his place, that he is far. And this is the way it was when the children of Israel received the Torah. Yitro was wise and understood to annul himself, just like I understood to annul myself. And so even though he was far, he came close. And in truth, the revelation of the Torah was supposed to be in the world, because for this, the world was created. It is just that there weren't vessels for receiving the Torah, only through the children of Israel. As the rabbi said, the Holy One, Blessed be he, offered it to all of the nations, but they did not accept nor receive it. Because the children of Israel were pre prepared to receive Torah, and when they received it, the tikkun was done on the entire whole. And I wrote in another place that this is why it is written, In God spoke, saying, from Exodus 20, verse 1, The Torah was given to the children of Israel, so they would tell it to others also and give to every nation the part that belongs to them, according to the desire or the will that is found in them. That is why Amalek rejected it, but Yitro came close. And it is written, and I will place my words in your mouth, from Isaiah 51:16, which are the ten debrot, to plant the heavens and to establish the earth, because through Torah, the upper and lower worlds, have existence. And it is written, if he holds on to my stronghold, he will make shalom for me, and shalom he will make for me. Isaiah 27, 5. And the rabbis taught that from this, that the one who is occupied, Torah, for its own sake, makes peace in the upper and lower realms. What this means is that through Torah, the lower worlds come close to the higher root. And then the upper gateways open to give abundance to the lower worlds. And the meaning of, I will place my words, is the language of order, because in truth, immediately at the creation of the world, the Torah was hidden in creation. 
as it is brought. Quote, he looked into the Torah and created, end quote. And at the receiving of Torah, the Holy One, Baruch Hu, clarified for the children of Israel the order and way to which find the words of Torah that are hidden in creation. And on this it is written, and he spoke. Exodus 2, verse 1. So remember that you have a personal relationship with Hashem, if you want it. And it is found by reading his word. The Torah is Hashem speaking, and he spoke. Thank you for listening. Please share my music. Check out more about my website, DebraCohenMusic.com. And I thank you very much. Be the light to the nations. Thank mm-hmm. you.